didn't do that much. And, no, uh, no, neither did I. Uh, it was, uh, but it, it it seemed a really nice long time actually. Oh yeah, it you was. Know. I mean, it, and I, I mean to be honest, I've only been back to work for one day right. since, so I'm um, I'm very much uh, still part time. Well, I'm on my third day back. Oh well, I don't feel quite so bad. It feels like I've never been away, but it was a really nice long break. And but you know, didn't do much, but that was fine by me. Christmas yeah. is always a nice time to to just you know take it a bit easy, isn't it? Fantastic. Anyway, should yes. we get going? Let's get going. Welcome to Stage Doorcast. This is episode 19. Hello, Richard. Happy Hi. New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to everyone. Hi, Hi, Cliff. How are you? I'm Well, now, originally I had this highfalutin idea of, of starting season two and calling this episode one of season two. But having had a chance to think about it over the Christmas break, I decided that, that maybe we just keep calling it, keep incrementing the numbers as we go along. So this is still season one and it's episode 19. I was um, going to say, you know, you confused me a little there by saying 19 and not saying season two, episode one, but that's fine. Let's, let's carry on. Well, with... I just I just think perhaps if we get to episode 40, maybe we'll think about <laughs> starting season two. It's just it's possibly easier for our dear listeners to uh, keep track of us. And for us to but, follow what's going on. Well, yeah, because let's face it, we we desperately need something to help us follow along, don't we? <laughs> it gets anyway. very confusing, yes. So Christmas is over. Did you get lots of nice presents? <clears throat> well, I didn't get many. Pre- I don't get many presents nowadays. No, I don't. They, they tend to be, you know, meals out and theatre tickets and stuff like that, which is all, which is just what I want, really. I'd, I'd have no need for socks anymore. Do you know that conjures up such a picture um, <laughs> of you wandering barefoot around your apartment? Well, no, but um, you know, this is this is a top tip for anybody listening. I, I for years I've been buying just black socks just black so that when one wears out it doesn't matter what you pull out of the drawer you've always got two black socks yeah until you get down to the last one of course but you know um so socks and thing i don't need all of that theater tickets excite me you know that's the sort of thing that i like exactly or you know uh, stuff like that so yeah it's been good it's been a good good long break but we're back at it now so um, anyone who's listening to this podcast who doesn't know what Richard or I look like, if you ever go to the theatre in the West End and you see a strange man looking perhaps slightly dishevelled and not wearing any socks, it may well be him. <laughs> it may it may very well be. And have you got any New Year's resolutions? Uh, I try not to make them because I will always just break them. That's my little motto there. <laughs> I try you know not what? to make them because I will always just break them. So um, uh, I don't it's like It's with like that. a catchphrase, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a Bruce Force. Anyway, <laughs> uh, do you know what? I know a lot of people like that, and I'm certainly like that. I keep saying to people, no, I'm not going to make a New Year's resolution because sort of I have ongoing resolutions throughout my life. Yeah. I mean, I suppose the I, usual ones like losing some weight and well, getting yeah. a bit more healthy and doing a bit more exercise and all of that stuff, you know. Oh, well, the healthy thing, we've definitely done that over these holidays. We've been going out for walks virtually every day. That's very good. Yeah. Very I, good. I, my, my, my wife said to me, you have got to start going for a walk every day. She said, every morning you need to get up and walk three miles. 
at the end of the week, I was 21 miles away. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Hurrah! I think Got I heard that one, that one over Christmas somewhere on, my, <laughs> on some awful programme on TV. <laughs> oh, no. But well, it made me laugh all over again, Cliff. Yeah, so. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's turn to TV because that was yeah. one of the things in our Christmas show. We um, recommended lots of different TV. So yeah. did you take advantage of our recommendations? Well, yeah, I mean, I watched some of it. I mean, one thing that really surprised me, actually, was I watched Oliver, the movie, for the oh, first yeah. for the first time in... It must have been. I mean, I so long that I couldn't actually remember a, a lot of it because I always sort of see when Oliver's on the TV, I just oh Oliver, you know, seen that a million times. But I watched it and realised I haven't probably seen it a million times, and I really, really enjoyed it. You know, mm. um, Oliver is such a well-made film. Um, yeah, slightly different is. to the, slightly different to the show, but it's so well-made and so good, and and you know, it sounds great, it looks great still. So that was my sort of surprise, I suppose of the of the holiday did you see oliver no i you know i think i caught it in in passing but i i know what you mean it's one of those classic yeah brilliantly made british films of, of a certain period of time which which just ooze quality actually absolutely yeah you know in a way that um i did um catch up with uh the repeat of the john wilson prom yeah i did uh, watch i, really I did enjoy i did watch some of that it wasn't my favorite one actually the one they showed was the warner brothers one wasn't it that wasn't my favorite yeah. one i really liked the mgm one i don't know if that was before the warners one or or later but uh i, I don't i can't quite place these things in terms of years but yeah no i mean obviously just superb superb um, you know, musical ability that man hasn't he? And uh, introducing it was Neil Brand, and I did watch his Sound of Movie Musicals uh, trio of programs again. Um, really, really like that. And to be honest, I'd forgotten it. I have seen it before, but I'd forgotten most of it. But it's such a well researched and presented program. Really, really like that. Did you see any? Well, of I've that? still, I've still, no, I've still got those to look forward to. I've right. got those recorded and ready to watch. So I shall find some time over the next few days to sort of binge watch all three of those. I, I also watched something that we didn't mention, which um, just it just sort of came on while I was while, while I was flicking about, and that was The Sound of Music Live. Now, with Julian Ovenden and Cara Toynton. Julian Ovenden, Captain Von Trapp, obviously, and Cara Toynton as Maria. Yeah. Now, I did watch this when it was on TV, and I went back on my Facebook uh, profile, and I, I didn't really enjoy it then. I... I, I don't know what it was I, but I ended up my little review of it by saying I don't know why they just didn't show the movie but this time I really enjoyed it and I, I really appreciated the sort of technicalities that went into doing something like that on TV live um, yeah and maybe I just wasn't in the mood for it before you know sometimes you're just not in the mood for something like I started watching Annie and didn't get through all of that because I wasn't in the mood for Annie this time but the sound oh, of music live dear. really impressed me really really yeah. liked that I, I mean I had I had a lot of colleagues working on that and mm. it was a huge technical undertaking as you'd imagine and also the rehearsal period was was very very extended as well yeah um, and a lot of people at the time said and I, I kind of understood this sentiment was there isn't really a reason for doing it live because it, it sort of doesn't improve it. All you're doing is you're opening the opportunity to make it worse because something might happen that isn't quite right. Yeah, well, I think that was that was really my the, the the basis of my comment. Why didn't they just show the movie? It wasn't that I yeah. didn't like it. It was just that no. I just thought, well, okay, well, the sound of music, you know, is pretty much the sound of music, apart from the songs are in a slightly different order in the show than they are in the movie. But I really enjoyed it. I sat and watched the whole thing. Um, really great cast, really well done. And as we both just said, you know, technically 
superb. Technically, it was the superb. Yeah, it was really good, and some really good people involved in it. And uh, anyway, I suppose we should move on to some news. Well, really. just one um, one other thing, I would like to mention to people that I listened to on radio, which we didn't mention, but I I found it an excellent three hours this was wow. on the 27th of december <laughs> it was matt lucas on bbc radio 2 and it was on the 27th of december so it'll probably still be on catch up or sounds or whatever yeah, they call yeah. it on the bbc thing. and it was matt lucas tv themes wow and it was excellent i know i thought that i laughed when i read it but it came on and he was playing three hours worth of TV themes from every era uh, and people were requesting them and sending in their memories about the programs. And it may just be the Christmas spirit was upon me, but I really, really loved it. Lots of memories and some great TV themes. You know, you hear a theme and you, it, it sort of triggers off a little memory. I mean, one of my favorites that he played was the Rockford files. Now, why would I, I haven't thought of the Rockford files um. for, that thirty years probably because yeah, it hasn't been but, on but for thirty. By an amazing years. the Rockford Files by an amazing composer called Mike Post. Yeah, exactly. Who was um, really, really um, well known writer, and and I think it's to do with um, you know your childhood or, or you know putting you back in a place where you were when everything was so much better. Yeah, it was just a really fabulous program, and um, I just loved it. So I thought I must mention it in case people didn't hear it and want to go you don't have to listen to all three hours but it just made me laugh a lot of it it just made me smile you know one of those nice Christmassy feelings and that was on radio too so yeah I mean a couple of, I've just yeah it's it's definitely still there and in fact there is a playlist for it oh wow okay um, uh, on the radio 2 um, website so you can play them individually and of course I have some connection with this show because I I worked on several of these programs I uh, worked on the Muppets um yeah. Uh, I don't think um, we both had some. We both have a strange connection with Grange Hill, of course, because mm. uh, it was filmed at our school for the first couple of seasons. So, that we, but you um, see, you're getting into this. If you heard those themes, it would take you right back. Yeah, there. I know, I know, I know. If, uh, I'm just looking at them now. I said, wow, and it is when, when you know stuff. when you look at it. You, when you look at the, the, the title, you think, oh, okay, what's that going to be? But if you have it on in the background, I just found myself getting drawn into it. And in the end, yeah. I went back and, and listened to the half hour I'd missed at the beginning. You know, um, so it's a really nice, a really nice three hours. Um, yeah, and and I mean some really Really great name Barry Gray, much um, uh, loved composer of, of virtually everything that uh, Century Twenty One ever did: Thunderbirds and uh, Stingray and yeah. Supercar and all of that stuff. And you know, some really, of them really some good. of them lasted thirty seconds, which they do on the TV because there's nothing more. Some of them lasted sort of three minutes because there's a middle section which you never hear. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, a really a really interesting three hours. And Matt Lucas well, is I, such a good presenter. If you'd like, if you'd like a little bit of insider. Um, uh, a sort of uh, chat from oh when was this oh probably the 1995 so when would that be about 25 years ago now wouldn't it um i was recording with a colleague i was recording the theme tune to play your cards right <laughs> the new the new version and we were right. doing it in a we're doing it in a studio in fulham and the engineer who was the resident engineer there was a bit apologetically said to us he said every so often you might hear the tube train <laughs> So, so we had we had a small uh, band in there, and we were doing the tune. And every so often, we had to stop because we could hear a rumbling from the northern line. I think it was, but uh, it Excellent. came out all right in the end. 
anyway, let's move on with let's some sad on. news. Sad <clears throat> news, I think, to start with, which <clears throat> is the death of Jerry Herman that was announced. Uh, I think uh, it was Boxing Day, I think. I think yeah, he died boxing, on yeah. Boxing Day, was it? Boxing Day, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah it's Boxing very Day. sad news. But, you know, he'd had a very good innings, hadn't he? I mean, yeah, he was, was he 88? Or? You know, just an incredible composer, isn't he? Um, yeah. The sort of songs and the sort of shows that he's been associated with are really, really amazing. And I think the thing about, you know, looking down the list of shows, I haven't seen some of them. I was a backing singer in MAME a few years ago when when Green Room did it. I mean, we've done Hello Dolly. I have never done La Casual Fall, but I've seen it many times. And every one of those shows had at least one standout number, which has gone on to become a sort of standard, hasn't it? So uh, he's very much of that sort of ilk of composers where every show has a sort of hit in it or something that you can you can think oh you know that's that's jerry herman and that's from that um of course i am what i am from the casual fall and you know, hello dolly from hello dolly etc etc and so it goes on um yeah sad news i was quite upset when that happened because uh yeah obviously he was quite aged and he hasn't actually written he hadn't actually written uh shows for quite a long time he he been concentrating on i think it was some sort of interior design um yeah apparently he he ran or something was that right yeah that's right he um after he you know there was i think there was a a sort of pause when things didn't didn't uh he wasn't doing many shows and he he um there was a failure it was the failure of mac and mabel actually i think mac and mabel was it yeah which which actually if you see it today i don't think is a failure at all my personal opinion it's actually not a bad show it's probably one of those that's gone through a lot of rewrites though and a lot of work and stuff but yeah i think i think i read somewhere that was his last one wasn't it but but he took he took really badly after that and he just went off and did interior design and he apparently he um he redecorated and, and resold three dozen homes, which you know is quite prolific for yeah. an interior designer. And I think he probably made a fair bit of money doing that as well. So yeah, you know he's sort of obviously the artistic uh, side of him was was clearly used in that way as well as as his music. Extremely tuneful. Um, yeah, his things and I, were, I, uh, very good. Yeah, they as you say, there's they're some great standards, aren't there? And 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 more than one in many of the shows as well, which is uh, absolutely always the case. yeah. Yeah, and there's they've now there's now I mean if there's anybody who's uh, thinking of a sort of um, retrospective of Jerry Herman there's a there's a compilation called I think it's just called Show Tune, which you can do which is another one that that escaped me when it was done I think it was a couple of years ago now at the Bridewell by a company called Cedar Stock Exchange Dramatic uh, and they oh, are yes, yeah. they're a very good company and it was one yeah. I I wanted to see and didn't and. Uh, so I think it's out there if you want to do a sort of compilation of uh, of the best of Jerry Herman. Show Tune, it's called. Um, Show Tune. Yeah. It's one I will look out for now because it's a good sort of retrospective of his Brilliant. Stuff. That's very good. That's a good good tip, actually, for, particularly for our amateur theatre listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's very good. Um, now, I th- think just briefly before we get on to the meat of your review, because mm. we have an excellent review to give us, but I, I think we just briefly mentioned Cats again, the movie. Because yeah, it just struck me that, that you mentioned this. something to me just before Christmas in a little Facebook post about yeah. they were going to be sending out um, a re, re, sort of retouched version of the of the film, of the movie to, to cinemas. And I mean, I couldn't quite work out if that was on the back of the reviews it had had or if it was just you know we've done this work on it and so have another copy I, I, have you got any more on that no I, I don't have any more on that it does seem as i said it seems odd that that they were still working on the film up until really almost the, the launch yeah 
maybe this work was already in the pipeline. Maybe they always intended to do this, but I rather suspect this has been a bit of a knee-jerk reaction to the really negative publicity for the film. Um, yeah, I, I, it's difficult to say what... I haven't actually seen it yet. It's still something that's on my list to see. No, I didn't um, get to see it. I know people who have and who really enjoyed it, actually. I mean, I haven't uh, met anybody of... of you know, of my friends who have seen it, who didn't particularly like it. Uh, you know, most people I know who've seen it said it was pretty good. And uh, so what do you do? You go with an open mind, yeah. I suppose, and make your own mind yeah. up. That's what you should do. I certainly think uh, what we said in the last show is definitely true. And that is that if you if you look at the stylistic choices they've made about things like the scale of things, yeah. that's a choice they've deliberately made. It's not an accident. It's definitely what they intended. And, mm. and, and they're making a stylistic point and that's something you either sort of embrace and take on board or you don't but that yeah. doesn't make it a bad film it's just you know it's not a film you like but but uh you shouldn't judge it badly because of that but no. uh, so i'd be interested I, i've got obviously i've got nothing to compare it with but when i do see it uh, and i am still hoping to see it um i shall sort of make a decision then funny enough over christmas um i don't know if you've got sky arts channel but sky arts did oh, quite, yes, yeah. quite a lot of musical theater stuff which we didn't mention because we were concentrating on terrestrial stuff and they had um a, a, um a version of cats on there the what you know which was recorded when it was must have been when it was first out because elaine page was in it and um i actually sat through and watched that and uh, my feelings about cats is the same you know nothing much happens but it's quite quite enjoyable um and so i will go and see the movie um but uh i don't know when i'll get around to it that's the thing no um, I, i'm definitely gonna i'll probably go this week actually hmm. um uh, the weekend but i want to see it before I, I think i've given it enough time for them to have re-delivered it now so uh, <laughs> you know I, so knows? judy dench won't have any fur at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely yeah um Anyway, uh, so let's move on. We've got more news a bit later and, and a really interesting item about trends, which I'm really you know excited to talk about later. Oh, is that but the ticket, talk, ticket source thing? The t- ticket yeah. source thing, yeah, which I think is really interesting. Um, let's talk about your review um, of Goldilocks okay. at the London Palladium. Well, this is really fresh in my mind because it was last night that I went to see it. And uh, having, having done Panto all those years ago and for all those years at the town hall uh, with, uh, with yes. a local amateur company, which you were involved with as well, Cliff, weren't you? Uh, I think yeah, some I was, of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I've not. I don't really go to see Panto very often, but the London Palladium have recently started. I think they've done four now. Uh, started doing Pantos again after a thirty-year gap, and it's all down to a company called Qdos who uh, who run loads of pantomimes all over the country, uh, and one of them happens to be at the London Palladium. And they've they've built up over those four years a sort of repertory company, I suppose, where, uh, and some people who just sort of drop in and drop out. And when you listen to the names of the people who are in these things, you know, you've got Julian Clary, Paul O'Grady. Gary Wilmot, Paul Zerdin, the ventriloquist, Nigel yeah. Havers, you know, and then they have uh, on top of that guests playing other parts. Um, this year, the Pantos, Goldilocks, and the Three Bears. But you know, really, the the plot doesn't matter in the slightest because um, it's uh, it's really just an excuse for Julian Clary to be as filthy as he can be without. <laughs> <laughs> with it all going over the heads of the, any kids that are in the audience. I mean, he's extremely funny. Um, and the cast 
you know, they obviously have all worked on these things for the last four years together, and they they know how to interact. They know how to do panto. Um, Gary Wilmot last night was playing the the dame in a way that was just Gary Wilmot in a dress, really. But that's how he how he plays it, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, the guests this year were Matt Baker, the guy off of the One Show. Uh, mm. Who's who? This was, I think, this was his first panto, maybe his first acting role. And he was, he was really good, actually. Um, a girl from Hollyoaks called Sophie Isaacs, who I don't watch Hollyoaks, so I didn't recognise her, but she was playing Goldilocks and was very good. And somebody from Benidorm, who I must admit I didn't even look up who they were because <laughs> I didn't get a program, but I didn't recognise them either because I, I don't watch Benidorm. Um, as I say, the plot doesn't matter. It's just an excuse for Clary to be as filthy as possible. Yes. Goldilocks was set in um, a circus ring for some reason, uh, of which um, Julian Clary was the ringmaster, of course. Um, and uh, the three bears were an act who wanted to, who wanted to be in his show. Um, they were kidnapped by the evil... Uh, proprietor of another circus, Paul O'Grady, who went and kidnapped them. And basically the story was um, how Goldilocks and her mother, uh, Gary Wilmot, and Matt Baker, I can't even remember the name of his character, went off and found the three bears, brought them back to their circus, and uh, all ended up happily. Um, That's the story, really. And it took two and a half hours to do that because... Because it was based in a circus, they made it into a fantastic variety show. It was like um, it was like Sunday night at the London Palladium used to be. You know, they had yeah. a magician, they had two skaters who who did this sort of uh, you know act where they were hanging off each other's necks and ska- still skating and spinning around. And the, the the best thing, this daredevil motorcycle display team, who they got four motorcycles in a, a sort of round globe on stage and they were it was sort it was death defying and it was spectacular um and all through of this you know clary and o'grady are are being as filthy as possible as i keep saying but it was hilarious it's a spectacular show you know they throw a, a Goodness knows what it cost. Clary's costumes alone must must be the the budget of a, a an amateur production, you know, in most of the yes. country, because he comes on in these most outrageous things. They had an animatronic elephant which filled the whole of the Palladium stage, and its trunk came out into the audience and sprayed water over the audience. But it was on for literally one minute. I mean, how much was that, of course, just for that effect? It's spectacular. And I would urge you, if you if you, if you you like uh, variety and you like spectacle, even if you don't like panto, it doesn't matter because it's not a traditional panto. If it's back next year, go and see it. I loved it. Yeah. When does it, when does it finish? I think it's only got about a week to go now. Yeah. Um, it's been on since quite a long time before Christmas. Um, I mean, I don't know if the same... I think they are doing one next year. I don't know what it is. And I, you, you can't ever guarantee that the same people are going to be doing it. But being the Palladium, I think they, they try to make it into more of a variety show than an actual traditional panto. Yeah. And if you like variety and, uh, you know, you want to see some some old school type uh, speciality acts, really good, really good. I know. it's. I mean, it's done incredibly well because when you told me you were going, I actually looked to see if I could get tickets for the same night. I thought, oh, it'd be nice to get a couple more tickets. <laughs> yeah. 
And I don't think, I think the only tickets I could find, there were very, very few tickets available um, for the 7th. And this was before Christmas I looked. Yeah, no, I so, think um, it, it always does really well. It's a big yeah. hit. And um, obviously they've got the tourist audience over Christmas who many of whom won't know what a panto is because they you know it's a it's a particularly british thing isn't it and having watched Mm. it they still won't know what a panto is really because uh, although there is a story it's really just a a sort of skeleton of a story to hang these uh, these acts around i haven't seen a magician on stage for years and years you know and it's quite refreshing to see something like that you know it's um, quite a skill on in a big stage to do magic, actually, because yeah. obviously you can do big, big illusion type things where you make people disappear out of boxes and stuff. Exactly, but it's actually quite difficult to do close up magic or anything that's subtle. Well, yeah, uh, with, and like two thousand um, seat auditorium. It's just something totally different. It's not the normal sort of cabaret that you'd go and see in London, you know, or anywhere yeah. else for that matter, I suppose. Um, and it's just a spectacle, really worth it. Well, that's really good. A really good review there, Richard. Yeah, excellent. So that's definitely. If you're around, then you may just about be able to get to see this one. But if not, look out for it next year. Yeah, definitely look out for it next year. And, and I certainly think, from what I understand of that cast, they just enjoy doing it so much that they just come back and back and back. They're, well, Clary's just... been in every one. Um, yeah. Paul O'Grady's been in two. Paul Zerdin, the ventriloquist, who's very good. He's been in, uh, I think he's been in every one. Um, and then they, they, they have that, and Gary Wilmot's been in two now. I think he really enjoys it. You can tell he's enjoying it, you know? Mm. Um, and so I think they've got this sort of, Nigel Havers has been in everyone. They've got this little group of four or five who I think are fairly certain to be around. I, so, I can imagine backstage is a bit of a riot, actually. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it would be, yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so moving on to a bit more news, um, I I caught this the other day. Um, Matt Lucas, we were talking about Matt Lucas only a few minutes <laughs> yes. ago in his uh, Radio 2 show, that he's had to uh, rejoin Les Mis for six weeks because the actor who's playing Thenardier has uh, really quite under the weather. Well, he's uh, done something to his vocal cords. Um, yeah. I, I don't know his name, unfortunately. I think it's Gerard something. Um, I'm not being rude. I just don't know his name. Um, and yeah, he's uh, he's off for six weeks. But hot off the press, Matt Lucas apparently now has done two weeks and has hurt his back. Oh, no. And is, uh, has got to recuperate for four to six weeks. So he's now out of it as well. Um so, yes, I don't know what's happening there. I, I literally read that just as we were going to start recording this, that Matt Lucas is at his back and he's now not able to uh, not able to continue as Tanaki. Oh, I wish we'd have known about that a bit earlier because there's someone we could text about that who's rather <laughs> close to this production, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, the madame herself. The madame herself. Well, well, maybe I'll drop her a line tomorrow and see Find if we out. can get some info. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, but, uh, well, that's surprising because, of course, the opening night of this new show, um, they had to put the understudy on. Um, yeah, I think they did. Yes, that's yeah. right. So, yeah. And it was uh, Cameron McIntosh said it was the best performance he'd ever seen for an understudy. <laughs> so, mind you, I'm not sure what he would have said, you know, in no. any case uh, in that no. situation. But there we go. Yeah. Um, Shall we talk about a few other bits and pieces? And then before we get to our ticket source uh, uh, reference. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, off you go. Well, something that's starting this um, Sunday, and I've never seen any of their shows, um, but it's uh, always a big thing when it comes to London, is Cirque du Soleil. Have you ever seen uh, yeah. any Cirque du Soleil? Yes, I have. You have. Do you like yes. them? Um, 
I was I I Jackie was a big big fan of Cirque du Soleil. She'd seen a lot of different ones, uh, both here and abroad. And I had never seen Cirque du Soleil. I obviously knew what it was because of you know you, you're aware of it, but I didn't know what to expect at all. So I went to see it, and um, I really really liked it. I thought it was really clever, really inventive, mm. really kind of different. Yeah. Um, in some ways, quite there were certain traditional moments, like they had a traditional clown uh, sequence, right? Which is kind of almost like a circus. I mean, I mean, in the sort of old traditional yeah, way, yeah. but they had like a white face type clown. But there's some really, really amazing um, gymnastic type displays and things like that, and the aerial flyers and all sorts. I've never seen any of them, and it's one of those things that I don't know why. I just don't ever get around to buying a ticket to, to go and see it I, I i'm not a huge fan of the sort of style i don't think but they've got a new show coming to the albert hall it's called i suppose it would be pronounced lucia um yeah, a so. waking dream of mexico um never been seen here in the uk before or anywhere else in europe actually um it's uh, their newest production and it starts on the 12th of January, so that's when that's uh, four days time, isn't it? What's that Sunday? Yeah, yeah, Sunday the fir- Sunday the twelfth of January. Um, till the f- and it's there until the first of March at the Albert Hall. So there's quite a lot of tickets to sell, isn't it, in the Albert Hall? Yeah, and but I tell you what, they will sell the vast majority of them. I'm pretty sure. I'm sure they will. It's yeah. very popular. Yeah. Um, so I sort of quite fancied that, um, having not seen any of their shows before. I I really feel I should I should go and see one and uh, mm. and you know and um, get that monkey off my back and go and see. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely an experience. I mean, you know, it's not traditional musical theatre, obviously, but no. it is. It's a combination of music and theatrical things. Well, and it, it's it, an entertainment, it's, uh, isn't it? And um, yeah, absolutely, that's, that's what it's all about, I suppose. Yeah. I, I was going to mention a couple of arts educational school shows because right. I'm always talking about them, but I'm always talking about them when it's too late to have seen them. Um, so I had a little look at what they were doing because I knew I was going to see one in a couple of weeks' time. And there's uh, another one. They're doing two in the next sort of month. They're doing uh, a show called Freaky Friday, um, yeah. which I've never seen before, that based on the, the, the movie. There was a movie, Freaky Friday, wasn't there, um, which I didn't see either. So, But I am going to see that. And it's on at the Arts Educational Schools Theatre, um, which is down Ealing Way. Uh, and it's on from the 17th to the 25th of January. Um, it's performed by their BA Musical Theatre graduates. And... Um, they usually do fantastic versions of these shows and they they like to pick shows that you know you won't necessarily know so if you're into musical theater and you want to see a, a really good production of something that you've never seen before you you might never have heard of before but you know you might think your group might want to do or you you know you're particularly youth groups they, because these these students are, are quite young usually um you, you know they do they 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 do do shows that are particularly suitable for for youth groups yeah. a lot of the time so freaky friday um it's got music by tom kitt lyrics by brian yorkie and it's based on the movie don't know anything else about it apart from that but i will do in a couple of weeks because i'm going to see it Second one is The Wild Party. I have seen this one, saw it up in Edinburgh. It's got music and lyrics uh, by Michael John Latuza, 
book by Michael John Lachusa and George C. Wolfe, and it's based on the poem by John Moncure March. It's on at, again, at the Arts Educational Schools Theatre, which is a lovely little theatre, uh, from the 4th to the 12th of February, and again, performed by the BA Musical Theatre graduates. Um, this one is more of a sort of uh, song cycle. It's... Um, it's very sort of bluesy. Uh, it's set in a nightclub, and it's really about a, a party that's set in a nightclub, and it's about people who, who who meet and the breakup of a relationship and how those two people react when they end up at the same party. Um, so it's it's quite a different sort of story. There's no real um, dialogue as such. It's a, just a lot of songs strung together. But I remember enjoying yeah. it quite a lot in in Edinburgh. And so I'll probably go and see that one again. Um, and so it was that, on in London, wasn't it? Uh, quite fairly recently it at was. the other palace. There are a number of different, there were two different versions of it as well. There were two different versions. Um, and I'm not sure if this is the one I've seen or the one I haven't seen, but uh, I will I will probably go and see that and report back as well. So that's two arts educational shows. And again, I doubt many people have seen The Wild Party. So if you're interested in, again, something new, get yourself down to arts education or you can buy tickets online just look up on their website and uh, i think it's a good thing to do if you want to just pick up on some shows that you might not have seen before yeah definitely so that's two of those well, that's very very good good mm. good tips there so let's move on to really um this re- this review that's been done by ticket source uh, yeah now ticket source are the, the company who provide ticketing services to many many theatrical uh, groups and, and all sorts of people doing shows and, and other things and uh, they're particularly well used by in the amateur theatre world but they do a, quite a lot of professional stuff as well I believe although yeah. I don't I don't think they do the really big West End uh, places that tend to have their own ticketing no. systems but um, they do an awful lot and they've recently um, released a UK theatre trends uh, survey which was sort of landed a few days ago really as far as I could see it really covers pretty much the whole of last year, I'd imagine. And they, they've sort of taken 100,000 of their transactions. It's a huge, huge um, sample, 100,000 transactions. And they've broken them down into most popular and you know most popular performed and in by venues. Is there anything in the list that caught your eye? Well, I suppose, yeah, a few things caught my eye. I wasn't surprised that Oliver was the top uh, performed show. Um, and you know we must we must always bear in mind that th- these are really going to, like you say, going to be more amateur groups or semi-pro groups and in theatres that haven't got their own ticketing system. So um, it's a sort of, I suppose, skewed skewed list in many ways. But I've surprised things like um, uh, the Wizard of Oz was in there, um, actually, I, I, and also that something like. Um, Made in Dagenham was in there as the most produced. I mean, if you think about, if we, we just think about amateur groups, I can see Oliver, okay, but um, I'm surprised so many groups were doing Made in Dagenham and and doing Wizard of Oz. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, even if you allow for thinking that, oh well, maybe you know some youth groups or some children's groups mm. might 
uh, sort of tend towards those. But what really amazed me was Little Shop of Horrors being at number three. Yeah, yeah. With 90, 90 productions last year in the UK. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, suppose that's... I suppose we should put it in context and read out the, the ten because they. Yeah, yeah. Oliver was number one, followed mm. by Sister Act, which also surprised me actually. Yeah, it did um, did me a bit. Followed by Sister Act, followed by Little Shop of Horrors, then A Christmas Carol, My Fair Lady, Made in Dagenham, Wizard of Oz. Guys and Dolls, Jesus Christ Superstar, and Fiddler on the Roof. A really wide variety of styles and shows there, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. I mean, but really interesting, I think. And uh, um, and when you look at Panto, which admittedly, I mean, you know, we don't really cover. I know we've just done a Panto review, but Panto isn't a really big part of our remit. No. But um, Aladdin, which probably you could accept because obviously that's... Uh, that's uh, got some currency with the West End production and also the films as well, of course. Yeah. Uh, but then Cinderella, I would totally expect that. Yeah. Uh, Dick Whittington, Jack and the Beanstalk and Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Um, so th- that's much more traditional. But what I thought was really interesting, Richard, and I don't know if you thought this, but um, at the moment, like a lot of people who who still work in the, the backstage parts of amateur theatre management and things like that, um, the one thing we're always trying to do is think of the next big show, mm. you know, and amateur theatre show selection is one of the worst things you have to do mm. uh, if you work in this field because it it's almost a thankless task. You have to try and think 18 months ahead. You have to try and predict what you are able to do. You look at the cast that you have available or the cast you might be able to gather together. Yeah. And you try and think of new and innovative things because there are all sorts of dynamics moving. I think this would make actually a really interesting show on its own one day if we mm. get, get a little round table together talk to some producers about it. But when I looked at the list of opera uh, and musicals, uh, but particularly opera, uh, let's just deal with opera, all f- five of the opera mm. picks are Gilbert and Sullivan. Yeah. yeah. And, and you think, but this is 2020. Yeah. And I mean, they are, long... and they are. Just so that you know, Ruddy Gore, Pirates of Penzance, Iolanthe, the Sorcerer, and HMS Pinafore. Yeah, and I, I just found that really, really interesting. And in fact, I think it will inform some of the decision making that we make in the next few months because yeah. it sort of says to me that do you know what? Maybe, maybe we've missed a bit of a trick here. Maybe a really well produced Gilbert Sullivan will actually sell quite well. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm going to see one. Wilton's musical, I think we mentioned it a, a, a few weeks ago, are doing, I'm going to get this wrong now, but I'm fairly certain it's HMS Pinafore. They're doing an all-male Hang production. On, I'll, have a quick, I'll have a quick Google. Yeah, I think it is HMS Pinafore. <laughs> um, and, Hang on, um, Richard, I'll, I'll make it look good. I'll, I'll Google it and I'll tell you and then you can do it again or maybe no, I'll no, just no, leave no, it in. No. Leave my mistakes in, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and So they're doing one there and it will be traditional. Apart from it will be all men. But they do it in a very right. they do it in a very traditional way. Uh, but it's it's all it's all male. They've done it with um, I've seen them do pirates and I've seen them do uh, another one that we did. I think it was Yeoman of the Guard. Um, both times all male and they're very very good, very good. Um, is this this isn't because of a this is just a particular yeah thing. it's just it's a not, thing uh, for this company. It's not they haven't actually changed any of the show they've just got men playing the women um they're dressed as women it's just a a a thing to you know to sell the show really it's the all male 
Pirates or the All. I can't actually. Oh, HMS Pinafore. Yeah, HMS Pinafore. That's what I said. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's um, it's in April. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I I booked my tickets the other day, and they're usually very very good and very funny productions. The the Excellent. thing that really struck me about the ticket source thing as well was the next category down, which was the top ten referral avenues. Ah, and, yeah, and that, that, yes, and yeah. that means how you get your show out there to its audience, basically how you drum up ticket sales. And I mean, if you know, I remember companies in the past spending an awful lot of money on flyers and going around the doors, sticking through letter boxes and things. The biggest referral avenue, word of mouth. 42% mm. of tickets are sold by word of mouth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, and not even closely followed, but uh, followed by Facebook. Now, I guess I'm not really surprised at that because if you're good at publicity, you can you can really generate some publicity on Facebook, can't you? And I suppose yeah. Twitter as well. Although Twitter's not, not mentioned there, is it? It's uh, No, no. I don't, I don't, I, I'm not sure Twitter has that much traction, to be honest. Uh, so, so word of mouth was 42%. Facebook, 11%, followed by your flyer, 5%. Only 5% of your audience comes from flyering. I mean, this is something that that companies need to look at in a way, don't they, really? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because these are coming from a company that sells the tickets for for you. I mean, I've used Ticketsource for the gigs that that we did with the band you know we we used ticket yeah. source and they're a very good easy friendly company to use and uh, these stats are, are quite interesting well and also the previous stat which we sort of slightly glossed over which is the um the in-house versus online bookings and and if you look at them yeah combine look at musical and opera yeah and you know which is arguably the two areas that we cover most i mean over 60 percent for musicals and nearly 60 percent for opera are sold online yeah now yeah. I know that of course it's self-serving for them to make this point, but the reality is that if you don't have an online offering now, you're not going to get some of the sales that you would otherwise get, and no. uh, it's really really interesting. But that that word of that referral thing was staggering. I was well, really, really it was. It that. really shocked me, and you know, right down the bottom, with point nine four percent, is referrals by a cast member. Yeah, which I yeah. also think is really strange, you know. And we always we always bang on about that at meetings, don't we? And rehearsals yeah. say let everyone know, but in actual fact, yeah, I mean, obviously there is some some of what the cast are doing would be included in the word of mouth yeah. as well, I guess. Yeah. But but the reality is, you need to put bums on seats, yeah, <laughs> and and you need you know you need to get you people need people talking e- about your show engaged yeah 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 and i guess that's where companies that go out and do the things in the streets you know the little performance if they do a really good gripping performance in in the street high street somewhere while they're giving out their flyers that would that's a sort of word of mouth thing isn't it people will park that on and i guess that's why the edinburgh festival has those little stages as you go up the royal mile where people can go and do a little excerpt of their show it must be a, a good way of getting your show uh, to sell some tickets. If they do it yeah. up there, you know that's that's where you can take uh, take the lead from, really. So uh, word of mouth, forty two percent. It's really interesting, and what I'll do is I'll put the link to this in the show notes, yeah, so that people can have a look at it themselves because I think it's a really interesting thing, and mm. and you should really look at it because it it has so much implications for everything we do. 
yeah um, absolutely so it's really interesting anyway that that sort of wraps up the show doesn't it good. that's pretty much everything um good uh what what's your week looking like this week well um I, i've got a quiet week this week but i'm going to see a couple of things next week i'm going to see rags, rags which we talked about it's on that yeah. i think it's called the park theater in finsbury park and i believe i'm seeing i i, I believe i'm seeing either the first or the second performance so i'm going to see rags which we both know quite well obviously yeah. i've i've been in it tw- once and directed it once so and you know it's a it's a lovely show so it'll be interesting to see what they do with it in a in a smaller smaller version and i'm going to see a cabaret at the other palace next week as well which is incidentally a, a link to curtains it's the guy who took over from oreo duba andy coxon he's doing a, a, a cabaret uh, at the other palace, they've got a season of um, cabaret nights with West End stars, and um, this is one of them. And I'm going to go and see that. And if we record the next uh, instalment of the podcast uh, in about two weeks' time, I may well have seen Freaky Friday as well because that's the week after. So, well, we'll do our best to make sure that we do. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well. Thank you very much, Richard. As always, what a, a great a way to start the year. What a mm. great show, interesting chat we've had. Um, to all of our listeners, thank you. Wish you a very happy new year from us both. Um, and I hope you join us again in a couple of weeks' time. If you've got ideas or comments or suggestions for us, please do mail us at mail at stagedoorcast.co.uk because quite literally, uh, these you know it's very difficult always to come up with ideas on your own. And uh, any contributions will be gratefully received. Mm. Uh, and uh, also remember our Facebook page because you can leave comments, uh, nice or nasty, there. And you can also leave the famous one-word reviews. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I didn't even do that for the Panto, did I? If I did it for Goldilocks and the Three Bears at the Palladium, I suppose it would be stunning, something like that. Stunning. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know <laughs> that there is quite a fulsome review that uh, one of our contributors, Irving, has left on his own Facebook page for... Dear Evan Hansen. So, oh, I haven't seen that. I shall have. Yeah, uh, I that. haven't read it yet, so I'm going to go okay. off and look at that, and yeah. maybe um, I'll ask him if we can have permission to repost it. Because well, I know it was one he was really looking forward to see, so I'll be interested to see what he thought yeah. about that. Anyway, so until we meet again, from both of us, uh, from me, goodbye. Yes, and goodbye from me. Mm-hmm.